welcome to the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Barbara Fisher. Tonight with me is Morgana. See, she's here. Really, I am honest and I, for I live. Yes, I live. Yes, yes. She. They let her out of the library. She's she's not chained to the library desk anymore. She's allowed to come out. Um, and with us tonight for the second time is our friend Drew Demler. Drew, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. It's kind of unseasonably chilly and cold here in Dallas, where I'm at in Texas, but uh, I'm great. I'm good. I feel very honored that I get to do a show with both of y'all, man. It's a, been a rare <laughs> thing lately. It's great. I know. I know. It's pretty exciting. It is. I feel like I'm almost a cryptid at this point on this show. <laughs> are. I know. <laughs> the cryptid librarian. <laughs> oh... That would actually be a good podcast name, um, but we're not going to do that. We only we already have one. We don't need two. Yeah, I was about so, to say. <laughs> now, the last time Drew was here, we talked a lot about little little orbs and bigger orbs and lights in the sky, and his little friend, the Screech Owl. Yes. And he has some new things that have happened. In fact. It wasn't long after we talked that he told me some other things have happened. So it's been really exciting in your life. So why don't you start out with, with all of that? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, since since we last recorded, yeah, it's been it's been a pretty wild ride. I completed my busiest season work wise. Um and just kinda like what happened last year, like right before and then immediately after my super busy time, things just got really active again, you know, with paranormal type activity or whatever. Um, I've seen the owl a bunch of times since we talked last. Um, I've had a number of sightings and just some pretty wild days all the way around. So made some important connections. I won't say any names, um, but some some people that I, I know y'all are probably familiar with and been able to meet some people. And it looks like I'm going to have the opportunity to meet a few more who are for one reason or another, you know, kind of interested in hearing a little bit more of, I guess what I'm, what I'm all about. So that's pretty neat. It's been a very busy time. I never could have imagined all this was going to happen. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm very, I'm very thankful, you know, for that opportunity. You were definitely the first person that I ever did anything like this publicly. So yeah, thank you. <clears throat> well, thank you for coming and talking with us because, you know, it wasn't until I started listening to podcasts that I actually realized other people see the low level orbs that we see. Yeah. I actually thought it was just an Athens thing, you know? Yeah. It, it just had, or it was a thing that happened around us and our friends. I didn't realize there were that many. And so, and yours are a, a very similar to the stuff that, that we experience. So it's, it's really good. It's really exciting to hear from people directly who have also experienced these mysterious smaller lights. It's, you know, they're, they're weird. Yeah, it, they are. That, that brings to mind like one, one question. I know you said it'd be cool if I get to kind of ask y'all some questions tonight. So I'm looking sure, forward to I that. Sure, it. 
Do do either or both of you remember the first time you saw one of the the mystery lights? One of the I call them the low flying orbs, the ones that are that are smaller that kind of come in close. That's just kind of what I call them. But do y'all remember the first time you saw them? <clears throat> I'll go first. Um, I think the first time I saw them was at the falling down the hill house when I was about three, and I have this picture in my head of my mom's cat who hated me when I was awake. She hated me if I was not in bed, but if I was in bed in that house, she would sleep at the foot of my bed and guard me. And just, I have this picture in my head of that cat hissing with her paw up and her back up and this purple light just right outside the window. And she's like growling and smacking at it. Um, and then I don't think I saw another one until I was about, how old was I when we were living in the house on Central Avenue with the apple tree? Eight? I was about yeah. eight. And I remember yeah. looking out the window and the whole apple tree having like tennis ball sized soft lights just in it. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. With like faint, almost un, it was like there was a singing sound without words that was so quiet you could barely hear it going on. And I just remember getting up out of bed and going and looking at the tree and seeing all the lights and then being like, well, I guess I need to go back to bed because I can't process this. I'm eight. You're right. Yes. (laughs) That's a lot. That's that's heavy. That's that's how old my youngest son is now. Um, I have three sons. All three of them have had different experiences at this point in time. Um, they've all seen, to my knowledge, I don't know that any of them have ever seen the low flying orbs. They've certainly seen the the UFO, I, the high flying orbs. Um, they've def, all three of them have seen those with me multiple times now. Um, you know, when they become like very interactive and they've all three seen the owl and we've had, we had one pretty interesting experience with the owl in 2020. Um, but to my knowledge, none of them have seen the low flying orbs yet. Um, so that's, that's interesting. You saw them at such a young age. What about you, Barbara? Do you remember your first encounter with them? My first encounter with the low-level orbs, I had flashes of light in my room as a small child, but they weren't what I would call orbs or, you know, tree-level or low-level small lights. That They were different. Okay. Um, but the first time we saw the little lights in the trees was in Athens, and I wasn't the first person to see them. Uh, it was actually two friends of ours and they lived in a, like Athens is a small town. So to call this neighborhood a suburb is really crap because it's not a suburb. It's actually a neighborhood, but it looks like if you were anywhere else in the country and you looked at it, it'd be a suburb, little ranch style houses, you know, big wide winding road, you know, and lots of woods all around it. Really pretty. And they were living in a house there, and it was up on top of a hill. And if you looked out of their windows or out of their balcony and and looked down the hill, 
There was their yard, then there was a chain link fence, and then there was woods. And it, it was really rough. You couldn't really walk out there. It was like straight down into a ravine. And uh, one night, they were, I don't even know what they were up to, but some other friends of ours were over there. We weren't. But one of them went to the kitchen to get a drink of water, and that window looked out over those woods, and there were lights down there. And uh, they were like, what is that? And uh, they all came to look, and everybody could see them. They were moving. You know, at first somebody was like, who put Christmas tree lights out in July? You know, what, yeah. what's going on with that? And, and then, you know, the person who'd lived there his whole life, he's like, there's no houses down there. He's like, it's just woods. If somebody put those out there, they're, they went in the woods and they have a battery, <laughs> you know, and, and, and he's like, I, I don't know what it is. And then they started to move. And then I got a phone call. And they were like, these lights, they're moving. I'm like, well, don't go out there. <laughs> don't be dumb. Don't approach them. Just, yeah. you know, maybe just don't pay attention to them. Maybe they'll just go away, right? Um, and then what happened was, is another couple saw them out where their trailer was, which was right next to the woods, and they were out in the woods. And they also saw a glowing entity um, that was humanoid in shape. And they called and were like, uh, what do we do? And I was like, well, maybe you should leave an offering. And they did. And, and that's a big, long story that sometime I'll talk about. But to get to where I first saw them, by the time I saw them, everybody had been seeing them. Okay. To the point where the couple who lived in the first house where they saw it, uh, his dad had come by to help fix he, the sink because he owned the house. And so, you know, they were fixing the kitchen sink and his dad pops his head up and he looks out and he's like, hey, Bobby, what are those lights down there? And his son just kind of went, um, nothing, dad. They're, they're, they're nothing. And so we started calling them the um nothings because <laughs> that, that was the first thing that popped out of his mouth. Because how do you tell your perfectly rational dad that you this has been going on for weeks now? Oh, yeah, of course. And so, you know, by the time we get there, we were playing some role playing game. I think it might have been cyberpunk, but I'm not sure. And somebody went in to get a, a glass of water. <laughs> And they were out there, so they hollered. They're like, they're there, they're there. Come on, come to the window, come look, come look. And so we all ran, and we all looked. And all of us saw them. There were two, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There were about nine of us. And all of us saw them except my husband, Zach. He didn't see them. Everybody else saw them. And they were moving around. And all I could think was they looked exactly like the little Christmas tree lights that they had in the 70s. Not the big ones, but the little ones. Yep. Before there were LEDs. Yes. Except they were moving. And they were just sort of, you know, just flying around. And my brain just literally stopped. And I was like, so this is what you guys have been seeing? And they said, yep, yep, yep. Amazing. And I said, well... 
my God, well, they're there. Yep. Uh, and no, I don't think we should go out and mess with them. I think that's a bad idea. <laughs> and they were like, do you think it's, you know, the, the f-, and I said, don't say the word, don't say the F word. No, 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 no. And they were like, the good people, the good folk. I said, yeah, I actually do think that's what that is. Why they're here in Ohio, I don't know. But they are. So that's how we treated them. So I wasn't even the first one to see them. But they were. They were those really pretty sort of bright pastel colors, like pink and orange and green and blue and purple. And they would flash on and off. And, you know, just like fireflies, they moved around like fireflies, but they were the wrong color. Yep. You know. Yes. (laughs) It was just, okay. So that was the first time. And I've seen them a lot of times since then. I bet you have. So they hang out at her place more than they hang out at my place. Um, Yeah, I. It's weird. When I was littler, I saw them more. Yeah. Um, I stopped seeing the little lights as much. I think when I was in my twenties was when I switched from little lights to UFOs. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And I'm not sure why. I still see the little lights, just not all the time. Um, I think my most recent time I saw one was over the summer. Um, Me and my best friend were having a sleepover the last night before she moved in with her boyfriend at her old apartment. And we decided to take a walk because it was a nice summer night. The same night we saw a UFO, actually, but... First, we decided to walk to the Catholic cemetery because we were both goths in high school. So this yeah. made perfect sense to us. Of course. It's a pretty cemetery, too. Um, yeah, I bet. And as we're walking up to it, we're, it's on a hill, and we went up uh, one of the stairs that just goes straight up a hill here in Athens because it's Appalachia. So a lot of the sidewalks are just like there are wooden stairs that cut up the ridge basically Mm -hmm. to connect a neighborhood to another neighborhood. So we walked up one of those and then there's the cemetery on the hill and I, we both looked up and we both saw it. Um, and underneath one of the street lights, a big softball sized orange light dropped down, went around the pole a few times and changed from orange to red to orange and disappeared. Woo. Yeah. And I, I looked at her and she looked at me and I said, did either of us remember to turn our coats inside out before we decided to go on the walk into the creepy haunted cemetery where there are orbs? And she said, no. And I said, let's do that now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For real. We don't get pixie led. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. And that's the same neighborhood I live in now. Yes. So that's not far from where I see lights, like, fairly often. Wow. So, yeah. Do you you ever photograph them or video them at all? Um, I have actually never gotten a chance to photograph or video one of the little ones. I have a couple of UFO pictures Because my problem is when I see one of these things, my first impulse is still just stare at it. Uh Uh-huh. 
and like figure out if this is normal or not. And then by the time I figured out if it's normal or not, I'm like, it's either gone or I realize my phone is in the house because I'm walking the dog. Gotcha. So, <laughs> but you did yeah. get the two the two red ones. Yes, because I was like, Scotty, we gotta go. And I dragged my poor dog all the way back to the house, grabbed my phone, bolted back out of the house. Yeah. And started snapping pictures. Um, although I've seen enough UFOs at this point that now when I see them, I'm just like, no. No, not tonight. I I just, I the last one I saw was when my boyfriend was away on a road trip and I'm alone in the house and it was a low level one and I was like, no, <laughs> not today. <laughs> tonight, huh? I, I'm not, I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. And then the, after that, I went out to smoke a cigarette and it was still dead silent and a glowing scarf. I don't know how to describe it. It looked like a silk, silk scarf blowing in the wind, but it was glowing in silver floated across the street right in front of me. And I turned right around and went back in my house. <laughs> Didn't need that cigarette so bad. Did you? I did not. Uh, that's yeah. funny. I, I don't know. I've, I've never, uh, the light phenomenon stuff. I've, I've never had any fear of them at all. Um, that, that aspect of it, I, I find I almost find them very comforting. Um, yeah, the little the, ones. I agree with you. The little ones, the big ones, the whole thing for me. I, I've I've really enjoyed my experiences with them and like my interactions. The low ones. I mean, the the low flying orbs to me are magical. I, I don't know what else to call them. Like I've been I've been up extremely close, like five ten feet from them a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and the first time we recorded, I remember telling you about the first time when that when I got that close to them, and I remember you asking me that question that I'd never thought of before, you know. And that's like, was it projecting light like onto the ground or or around it? And it wasn't, you know. In my memory, at least, it it wasn't. And uh, also, there's no sound. I've never heard any mm -hmm. trace of a sound as close as I've been. It's just this. Like, like you said, like a self-contained light, Barbara, and that's that's what they are. Yeah, you know, and I don't yeah. feel heat whatsoever. I've never had nope. any, nothing, none of that. And I mean, I've I've had very, they're rare. Like, I, they're a lot more rare. Like, I I can see the the high flying orbs pretty much every night that I go that I have the time and make the time to go and look at them for them. Um, and I know I, I I'm sure I see <laughs> shooting stars and this that and the other thing, but I also see something that I know for sure is not any of the known categories. They're very interactive and they'll do things that are just dazzling, you know. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know. I've never had any any kind of hangups about seeing them. I I enjoy seeing them in a way. It's almost like they keep me company sometimes. I know that might sound kind of silly, but I just I, look, I just they're something very magical to me. The low flying. No, I get that. Me. I totally get that. I think the little ones don't scare me. And most, I respect them. I yes. But, yeah, but I don't. I'm not afraid of them per se anymore. Now, will I follow them out into the woods? No, I will not. 
Um, <laughs> but, but if the, they come near me, yeah, that's the UFO. I don't like the UFOs as much. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why that something, I think it's because they have to be so damn big if I can see them the size they are when they're that far away. Yeah. And the thought of something that big existing and uh, like, I don't know. I just, I, I feel very much like the movie Nope. Um, <laughs> I don't want to look, I don't want to make eye contact. Yes. <laughs> With whatever it is. <laughs> like, I'm like, mm, no, that's too big. Nope. I'm just, I'm staying in my house. They're but the little ones, the little ones don't freak me out as much. Now, when it's three in the morning and you're in the middle of the woods with your best friend in your house that has a hole the size of a possum in the kitchen floor and one of them floats down underneath the curtain that you have over your sliding glass doors that don't have a lock and you hear creepy laughter in the woods immediately afterwards, that's a little unnerving. Yeah, okay. That especially yeah, creepy laughter. That that would do it for me. I remember the first time we recorded Barbara, you, you told that story about hearing like drumming and 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 that kind of thing outside and then you went outside and there was nothing there. Yep. Like go back in the house, there it is. Yeah. That <laughs> that would weird me out. Yeah. Laughter. Yeah. Strange laughter, weird noises. That's a whole different thing. <laughs> that would that's just a whole other category. Like the lights, I'm good with the lights. I'll see the lights anytime. That that kind of stuff would, yeah, that would get to me for sure. That yeah, would- I I think that's the only reason I'm cautious about the paranormal because for me, it's never one thing. Yeah, like it never stays one thing. So it's like okay. I'm seeing more lights. This should be fine. This is fine. Everything's fine. And then my stuff is going to start disappearing. And then I'm going to start having weird dreams. And then, okay, there's a UFO. How long until, like, things start moving in my house? Or (laughs) I start waking up to glowing eyes staring at me or something. Yep, I I get it. I've had... (laughs) um, That's another thing that that I've had may or may not be related to the to the low flying orbs but i have had now not in my house but out, outside in my in my backyard which is turned into quite the strange place back there and i actually do have some photos of it there's been a few times when i've had something that is all it is like i cannot make out any kind of a body at all um, but it's just two glowing eyes Roughly, the irony is it's roughly, it looks like proportion-wise, like it could be the owl. Like it looks like Mm -hmm. shine, but there's no, there's nobody. I've been up pretty darn close or pretty close to it. Um, I've even heard it run up and down my fence a time or two, but I can't, Hmm. I can't see any, anything that looks like a body at all. It's just two little glowing eyes. It's weird. Yeah. That is odd. Yeah, that's. I do. That is. I have some pics. Strange. I do. I've been able to get random photographs of of that. Not many, but a couple of them. It's weird. That's awesome. I wish I had the presence of mind to snap pictures more often than I do, but I do not. (laughs) So I I never. I I, I never thought to take photographs back in the 90s of them because I figured, I mean, back then you didn't have cell phones 
you know, right. with yeah. a camera on it with you everywhere. You'd have to put film in a camera and, and then have the presence of mind to carry it with you and have the presence of mind to actually use it. Um, and I didn't have instant cameras. I had a 35 millimeter, so, you know, you had to play with the F-stop and the, you know, shutter speed and this and that and whatnot. And by the time I got through all of that, they'd have been gone. So, oh, yeah. you know, none of us really thought of it. And honestly, we all kind of thought that there wasn't actually physical light, that it was somehow a psychic thing that we were all connected into, except Zach, who could not see them until the very last night that we lived in the falling down the hill house. Then he saw a red <coughs> one that came into the house and it was flying around our bedroom and it, it looked kind of like a laser pointer light, except, you know, it's in the middle of the room. It didn't keep going until it hit a wall. Yeah. Um, and he was funny. He, he got up and he was messing with the blinds to see if he could figure out if there was somebody shining a light. And I'm like, it doesn't matter because it's not a light yeah. like you think of it. It has no beam, you know, so he's trying to interrupt the beam. So he's, you know, dancing around like a, you know. <laughs> And I was like, dude, it, it's, it's physically impossible. It, as far as, you know, the physics of light goes, it's not acting right. Yes. And that's how you know it's not right. And he was just like, is this the stuff you see all the time? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is the stuff I see all the time. He's like, and they're in the house. I said, not very often. They've only been in the house like three or four times. But yeah, this is the stuff that lives out in the woods up the hill. And he was just like, you know, maybe I'm glad I don't see him all the time. And he was <laughs> like, that's a lot. And I was like, yeah. Um, and then one other time he saw them. And this was after we moved out of the falling down the hill house, which the reason we moved from it is because she raised the rent. And there was like, you know, holes in the in the bathroom that, you know, let skunks and, and little little wood rats and whatnot in that was not fun um because you don't want to wake up and have a skunk in your bathroom no <laughs> it's just not a good thing um and but she raised the rent for that and we were just like no way we're not mm -mm. so we left and we went across the county to another house out in the woods you'd think we would have learned uh but we did not and that one we heard the drums all the time. Man. And once again, it was the, the thing where you could hear them outside, but then you could go in and hear them from inside. But if you started hearing them from the inside and went outside, then you wouldn't hear them. Then you'd go back in and then you'd hear them. Uh, it was very trickstery. Very. And yeah, yeah. And Zach's a musician. And he used to sit outside and play music. And as I learned in the Falling Down the Hill house and at my other friends' houses, if you sing to them, they would come closer and closer. So we'd play music and sing out there. And uh, the lights in those woods would, they wouldn't come super close. And they weren't really super active until one night in the middle of winter, there was snow there was ice. It was freezing cold. The moon was out. It was beautiful. And we had told a friend of ours, or more of an acquaintance of ours, about the lights in the woods. And he was a violinist. 
and he's really good. He was like, he could go from playing Paganini to like, you know, bluegrass back across to Philip Glass to like Irish jigs and he'd just mix it all up. Nice. He was really, really good. Awesome. Um, and he wanted to see if he could call the lights from the woods. And and I was like, cool, yeah, you're you're welcome to come out. So we had a dinner party and he came and he brought his violin and he warmed up in the house. And, you know, after dinner we went outside and he he started to play. And he played, and he played, and he played, and he played, and he played. He played so hard and so fast, he was sweating. And it was like, you know, 20 degrees outside. We were all freezing. He was sweating, and it was just rolling down his face, and his hair was wet, and nothing. There was like sort of a flicker out in the woods, but nothing, nothing big. And he just stopped. He was just, he finally stopped and he was panting and he sat down and <laughs> Zach came out with his Native American flute and he turned his back to the woods and he started to play. And as he started to play, blue light started to come up from the ground and then it just lit up all of the trees and there were these tiny blue lights as if we had taken blue Christmas lights and put them in all of the trees and it just started to light everything up. And of course, you know, all of us were like, Oh, you know, it's so he slowly turned around and was playing and he opened his eyes. So that was the time he saw them in their biggest, most spectacular way. And uh, he played to them for like, about three minutes and then they started to fade back and uh yeah the the violinist guy was kind of cranky but they just <laughs> like flute better yeah well, i don't know it it makes me wonder and i love to contemplate these things you know like what what they are and yeah you know, and, but it makes me just hearing that story it makes me wonder are we looking at like native spirits or, or maybe, or maybe mm-hmm. even earth, earth spirits, you know, um, yeah. that enjoyed that, that music, you know, that, that it was in, yeah. excited the, the, the earth spirits or, or something, you know? Um, yeah. What, what are y'all thoughts? What are, do y'all have any ideas or theories on what the small lights are? Um, or at least the ones that you've seen, I, I try not to categorize everything with one brush, right? Like, cause I know it could be. Yeah, several di- different things. Um, but do y'all have any ideas or, or theories on that? I'm <laughs> so superstitious. Um, I think ra- what my rational brain thinks they are is they are probably the primal version of like the phenomena, like of 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 most. Um, paranormal phenomena because orbs pop up in every phenomena. Yep. And I think that those little light globes or those little lights are like the seeds of what will become something else or they come with it or they're what generates it. And then the super superstitious part of me is like they're fucking fairies. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's not a bad... I'm, 
that's how we treated them back in in the nineties in, in Athens. We treated them like they were fairies. <gasps> because you know, I just I don't know the. I see them most frequently in they're in woods or in fields. They're always always in a part of nature that's not entirely cultivated. They do seem to be tied to the natural world more than the human world. At least that's where I've seen them the most is I don't really, I'll see them here in town, but they're always in the little piece of woods right by my house. They're not just floating free in space. They're in the piece of woods by my house. Like they didn't, the one time one of them came up very, very close to me on my back deck was in high spring when I had my garden out there. Because I have, I grow a container garden of herbs and vegetables and flowers, pollinator flowers and stuff yeah. every year because I rent, so I can't dig up the ground. But by God, I'm going to have a garden. <laughs> right there with you. <laughs> Same thing, Riddle House, but yeah, I've got my garden. <laughs> um, Pretty much. But, but they would, they'll come up close to the deck in the spring when my garden's underground or uh, not underground, but under properly in the ground and coming up and like, it's, oh, it's May or it's late April, you know? Yeah. And then they'll come up, but I don't see them like in the center of town. For example, I'll see UFOs maybe in the center of town, but I won't see the little lights. Like they've shown up in apple trees. They've shown up. By ponds, um, cemeteries. That's the that's the most tied to humans place I've ever seen. One was in a cemetery. Wasn't the one in the cemetery? Yeah. So I think they're nature critters, which I think of as kind of like fairies. Okay, you know I, I'm right there with you. Yeah, the, the <laughs> ones that I see for the most part, they definitely seem very connected to the land. Or that's yeah. how, mm-hmm. how maybe how they feel to me. Um, I don't discount the possibility though that some of them or a portion of them might be some other type of spirit too. Yeah. May, maybe even you know ancestors or dead relatives or this kind of thing. And then in that case, it could just be that the orb is some sort of like just almost like a transportation device or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. like a conduit. Yeah. 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 Thank you. That's, that's where, that's where I'm trying to go with. Yes. And that, that maybe it's like a vehicle for lack of a better word. It's a manifestation of something from that realm. Maybe. And, and that, that place, the spiritual realm to me could just be a very complicated place too. You know, like there could be all kinds of, residents there you know oh yeah former human you know residents alongside with things that are very nature-based um, yeah i agree with that kind of a, yeah have sort of an i'm definitely not a not above having a kind of an animistic type viewpoint which something tells me neither of you would have any objection to that oh no <laughs> we're both i'm very we're much an animist animists yeah. yes we both are um, and have been for a very long time. I had a, a person suggest to me, and I, I like this idea, that they're Kodama, which is a Japanese tree spirit. 
okay. Because he said, you know, you see them around trees. And if you read the Japanese description of them, they are often related as either small, oddly shaped humanoids or they're balls of light. Wow. So that's a possibility. Uh, I mean, you know, they're probably called something else here than Kadama, but I do sometimes think that they are, you know, native to the land where you find them. And then, you know, other times, but yeah, Morgana's right. They, they appear in every kind of paranormal phenomena. If they're seen in a house, then they're, they're, uh, ghost lights. If you see them in the trees, then they're fairies. If you see them, if you see Bigfoot carrying one, then, you know, well, it's part of the Bigfoot thing. You know, if you see, uh, if if they're floating around in your house and you live there and other stuff moves around, well, then it's some kind of poltergeist phenomenon. Poltergeist, sure. Yeah, and if it's flying Which through lights? the air, then it's UFOs. Yeah. Or, or ghost lights or spook lights. You know, there's just... You see them everywhere in in the in the stories and in the lore, and it's world it's worldwide too, because I've been doing tons and tons of research, and yeah, th- th- we're not the only people seeing it. It's like it's a worldwide phenomena. Oh no, not not at all. Um, do y'all do either of y'all follow uh, Grant Cameron's work and some of his whole crew? His he's got like a group of researchers that work with them. Um, do y'all ever keep up with much of his stuff? I haven't. I've looked at it. I haven't gone into it deeply yet, but I, I have, have been looking at it. Because I have been sorting You've out. You've been researching. I've been researching other things. I've yes. been, been researching stuff for grades. Botanical things. <laughs> You've had other things to worry about, for sure. Well, he does He does um, a lot of work. But I wrote it down. It. Okay. All right. <laughs> He's got, on his YouTube channel and stuff, he's got a lot of really great uh, videos on orbs. But that's one thing that that he talks about. And he brings on all these different people. I mean, there's people from Italy and Scotland and all over the United States. He's Canadian. Uh, He's a Canadian researcher. And people from New Zealand and all, every corner of the globe, like you just mentioned. You know, these these things are everywhere, for sure. This is definitely... Even just on our podcast, oh, we have yeah. slightly over a hundred, you know, episodes. I can count at least ten episodes that people talk significantly about lights, and and that's we're talking about people from the British Isles, from New Zealand, from uh, Canada, from Italy, you know, all of these yeah. different places, and you know they describe very similar things. I do have one description of someone's light sighting that involved heat and sound. And it happened in the 1990s, one County away from us. So it, but it was in the woods and it was a little blue ball about the size of a golf ball that, flew in between two young women who were sitting around their dying campfire early in the morning and they were sharing a cigarette and it flew between them 
and they felt heat as it went by and they heard buzzing like a bug. Um, when they looked down, though, after it, you know, stopped at the edge of the fire and then kind of just hovered and looked at them, you know, kind of thought about them and then zipped off. Um, they looked down to get another cigarette because, you know, you need another one after that. Oh, yeah. And the pack, the cellophane on the pack had melted and was still warm. So whatever it was, there was some kind of heat energy coming off of it. And yeah. yet it still acted intelligently. And it didn't seem to pour light out the way that you would think it should. So Wild. Yeah. It, that I remember you I think you told me that story offline. Um Yeah. At some point in time. That's wild though, isn't it? And then you also have and you do this is this does get very curious and hard to figure out because you do have just as many people like we have been up close to these things right like we've been up close right never heard any noise never been injured i don't feel any heat any kind of radiation blah 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 but then on the flip side you have people like that and then you have people who've been hurt by them or who claim yeah. that they've actually yes. sustained physical injuries from these things yeah you know and i know i haven't read it but i keep hearing about like there was old chapter in that recent book, the skinwalkers at the Pentagon, where they go in depth about how like some of the people who were studying um, at skinwalker were, were injured by the, I think it was a blue, blue ones as a matter of fact. Yeah. Blue or, yeah. but then there's like this incredible video of this, another guy out of Canada that uh, I've seen um, where he literally had an orb, like you can on camera where it jumps into his body and then exits like Oof. you see it exit and uh he was actually uh cured or he claims that that cured him from cancer um and and apparently there is medical documentation to back that up or, or that he had it then this thing happened which he had then it disappeared it, and it was gone so what gives yeah you know? <laughs> i i know and and what the heck's going on <clears throat> There's there's even a a uh, spontaneous human combustion case that involves an a small orb of light that had flown over to the girl who was burned and it went down the neck of her ja of her shirt or her jacket and she was screaming you know get it off me get it off me and then it it caught she caught fire wow. from it oh my god and there were two witnesses to that. Um, and I read that and I was like, oh, well, mm, that's bad. Right. I, mm. I wonder if, I wonder if they're somehow interacting with humans' electrical fields in different ways. Like some people just mesh with their electricity differently. And so it causes them damage and other people we don't mesh the same way. Yeah. Like sort of how if you plug in the wrong circuit, like when you're messing with positive and negative charges and you can zap yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Or well, maybe some of them are just assholes. Like I there <laughs> is always the possibility that if these things are intelligent, some of them are dicks. Right. Yeah. Why wouldn't that why wouldn't that be the case? You know? I mean that's <laughs> like you know. I mean, we've been lucky that, that we haven't come across the ones that are, you know, 
creepy and evil. And this is where my superstition superstitionness comes in because I'm like, yeah, that's because we bribed them. We bribed well, them, mother. Yeah. <laughs> or at least Again, I bribed them. That's how, that's why I treat them like the Fae. I'm like, okay, we're just going to give you some food there. You're going to, yeah. we're we friends, have, right? Have gifts friends. and respect and please stay out of my house. You can show up outside. If you must show up inside, I suppose I can't stop you, but I would appreciate it if you didn't. You know, but that, I think that's a perfectly reasonable thing to do. You know, now, I'm a pretty superstitious person, too. I grew up uh, <laughs> in Cajun, South Louisiana, you know, a lot of exposure to voodoo culture and everything. So I'm a pretty superstitious person myself. But that sounds very logical and and uh, and and per- makes perfect sense to me. So what, okay. what do you leave as an offering for an orb? What would be the preferred? Um, I leave whiskey. Or some other strong spirits. Um, And I leave butter. And every year when I make Christmas cookies, I leave some out. Um, I leave out sweets. I'll leave out tobacco. Okay. Um, Sweet stuff, butter, booze, and tobacco basically covers what offerings I give to unknown things that are coming near my house. That I feel like I need to be like, here's hospitality. We have rules about hospitality. If I'm nice to you, you have to be nice to me. We're all good. Cool. Be at peace. Go on your merry way. Don't fucking kill my dog or (laughs) set my house on fire or do whatever horrible shit you could do. Yeah, right. Don't burn me or burn my cigarette packs, please. (laughs) Just be, just go be pretty. We're We're all cool. Yeah. Do you do it like? Do you have like an altar place or any? Is there a special area or a, a right or wrong way, or do you just lay it out under a tree somewhere or something? I'm very interested. Um, I do. I do have an altar in my house um, okay. for my household spirits, um, but I have a spot where when I ward the house, like when I'll walk the circle around my house outside, I put offerings outside of the warding circle. Because in my brain, everything within the circle is like my zone okay. and my territory. So it would be rude to basically like put the offering like behind what would be my threshold. Because yes. then like you have to break in to get it. And I'm like, that's no, this is that's a present for trouble. <laughs> so I put yeah. it outside what I consider my territory um, okay. on like a nice little plate and like in a shot glass and a little mound of tobacco. Um, it's, it's kind of hard in my, in my apartment because I have, I basically just have the railing of my deck, which is the edge of my garden and the front sidewalk. Um, but in various houses that I've lived in that have been in the woods, there was a specific rock by the stream. And then further in the woods, there was a stump that I would leave things on, um, because when I, and I still do that whenever I go in the woods, I give an offering um, and say just basically like, hey, thanks for letting me go in the woods. Hope I come out OK. And then yeah. when I leave, I'm like, thanks for letting me in your woods. Thanks for letting me come out. OK. And I boot scoot. Um, it just seems to be polite. And also it covers, you know, 
if I find any cool feathers or bones or rocks or something, I can be like, okay, you, I gave you something, you gave me something, all's fair and square. Thanks for the present. That's oh, no, that, yeah. that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, that way there's like reciprocity. I've had I've had some people tell me uh, that I should probably leave some type of an offering for the owl. Um, for my little screech owl that's followed me for so many years. And I, I haven't done that yet, but I, I like that idea. I think that that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what an owl would like. We keep snakes. So my brain immediately went, well, you could just pick up some frozen pinkies. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's true. <laughs> if it's a terrestrial owl, it will certainly appreciate the snackum. And if it's a non-terrestrial owl, it will probably understand what you mean. Yeah, right? It's the, yeah. the symbolism. The symbolism will get to it. Yeah, for sure. Like, here, have it's, a snack. They definitely, in, in my opinion, a lot of the communication back and forth between that realm and humanity is, is very symbolic. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely. You know, there's definitely like a language barrier kind of a thing. And I think that that symbolic communication is is everything for sure. At least for yeah. me, at least at least to me, that's how it feels to me. Well, that's, I agree. Um, that's, I think that's cool. I, I, I definitely want to. I'm going to try that. I, I definitely. Yeah. Wanna try try giving it a present. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like see that. what happens. Yeah. I have a, a what used to be an ash tree a huge very old ash tree in our uh backyard that had to be cut down because it was the ash borers got it so you know it was dropping these huge limbs down onto the roof of the house and that wasn't cool so we had it cut down and so i used that that stump as a place to give offerings but i also give offerings um on our front stoop you know right next to the door and in the garden as well because my garden is kind of semi-permeable, you know. Okay. It, it's it's pretty open to whatever comes in there, but it is still mine, but I still, you know, give offerings out there to them. But if it's for the woods, then I give it at the stump. Okay. Yeah. Which is now covered with turkey tail um, mushrooms, which is cool. That is very so. cool. I like that. Yeah. That is very neat. Yeah, they're pretty and yeah. uh, pretty exciting to have in the in the woods. Oh, yeah. Do you, do you continue to see them during the winter months? I know I've had some people say um, that they could see them more often in the winter, you know, I guess because the, the trees are out of leaf. Um, yeah. You have easier visibility. And then I've had other people say the opposite, that they see them more during, like, spring and summer in the warmer months. Um. You know, I've I've seen them fairly often in the winter. Um, in fact, the first person to see them at the house that we live in now, 17 years ago after we first moved in, it was in the winter, and it was when my friend Torkel looked across the street and there was a, a red light just sort of, you know, bouncing and meandering near the woods across the street. And, and he said, oh, there's one of those. And I, I turned and looked and I, I saw it. I was like, oh, yep, there's one of those. Wow. That's, oh, that's yeah. true. That's right. When we first moved in, it was all the red fireflies. Yep. 
That was how the lights at the new at the house you live in now started was the red fireflies. And they're still fairly common to be red around here. I don't know why. Um but in the winter I have seen them. They do like those in between times where it's the end of winter, the beginning of spring and the end of summer, beginning of fall. They they both are really they tend to be happening. Do you remember this? Was it this spring that somebody was saying, "Oh, did you see the the fireflies? It's the first night for the fireflies," on Facebook? And I was like, "Baby, honey, I hate to tell you, those are not fireflies." Oh yeah, I remember that. It was in April. We do not have fireflies in April in southeastern Ohio. No, those we- don't happen until June. You know, yeah, or late them. May at the earliest. Yeah, we don't we don't even usually start having them until May here in Dallas. Um, yeah, and not gonna it, see them in, wow, it was day. so funny because he's he's Buddhist and he was like, "Oh, the fireflies are so pretty," and another person had seen them, and I was just like, "Oh, y'all, y'all," I was like, amazing. "I guess you all probably saw them in in the firefly color." But I didn't. I saw them in all the other colors, and Morgana saw them in all the other colors, and we were both talking to each other. And I was like, did you see them? Yep, yep, they're out there. And, and I said, you know, there's lots of people on Facebook talking about, oh, the fireflies are out. And I'm just like, mm, no, they're not. You know, and the, I went through that, too, the first time I ever saw one. Um, I think we talked about that the, the, the last recording. Yeah, I mean, because it's just so flabbergasting the first time you see him and that was one time that i saw it extremely close and it was white i mean it was snow white i knew what i saw you know uh and i i knew how it flew and its actions was it was way too big to be a firefly but that was still like that was in my mind i remember thinking i was like Mm -hmm. maybe it's just a firefly it was all the wrong time of year everything was wrong you know and uh, that's when I went inside and like pulled my computer out and like started w- looking up firefly information to see if there was such a thing as a white one <laughs> that flies in Texas. And I even watched some random YouTube videos like just to confirm. And I was like, okay, I know that's not yep. what I saw. And then I went back outside that same night. Like I, something just compelled me. I was like, I want to go see if I can see that thing again because it was just so magical. And I ran back outside. And I looked over to the exact same spot where I saw it the first time in my neighbor's yard. Uh, and it was back again. But this time it was still, you know, golf ball size. But it turned, it was green. It was that firefly. <laughs> and then it did the exact same dance. It flew over it's real close to me. And sometimes I see them and it looks like they're like almost like swimming across the sky, the way that they fly. Mm-hmm. It's not just like steady. It, it it's like it has an undulation yes. to it. I describe it. This yeah. sounds somewhat crude, but like a like the videos you see of a sperm cell, the way that they just kind of yeah. tail across the sky. Like that's how they when I see them a lot, how they when they're flying, that's what it looks like. It's just I don't know, yeah. dazzling to me. They are. But yes, anyway, yeah. all that story to say that yeah, I, I kind of get it to some degree, like how it's just so dumbfounding when you do see these things sometimes that it's like you're just grasping for any logical yeah, explanation, mm-hmm. you know? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. 
like I would so rather it be a logical explanation so many of the times because then I wouldn't have to be like, okay, I'm, because I have to do the am I crazy dance. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. All the time. Oh. And it doesn't help that I am clinically crazy. <laughs> all right. But, but You're medicated and, I, and you do the things and I you do them right. I still see them so. after taking antipsychotics. So I know they're not all hallucinations. No. Damn it. Well, and and then you've seen them with other people standing next to you. Who going, see yep, the I same see thing. Yes, which helps a great deal. I've actually seen a lot of things with people with me. As have I, um, which... Yeah. It's, is yeah. another one of those things that, and you have too. Definitely. Yeah. That, uh, and that does help a ton, doesn't it? When you do have those yeah. beautiful experiences, um, that does help a lot. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's cause I'm old enough now or what? I, I don't know why, but I've told the light stuff. Like I've totally embraced that now. Like I'm, I'm all in. I love seeing them. Saw them earlier tonight. Not the low flying kind. It was the the high flying orbs. But I saw them earlier tonight before we recorded. It's some beautiful sightings. I'm they're welcome around me anytime. Uh, I'll send you mine. Uh, please, I'll take them. <laughs> I will take them. I will take, they will be welcome. Not that I mind them. It's it's weird. I don't mind them. I just don't trust them. Okay, that's yeah. If that makes sense. Because they te- they tend to come in a clump, like mm-hmm. I said. Like, one weird thing will happen, and then it's like, okay, are you just going to be one innocent little light, or are you going to bring in your train a bunch of weirdness? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are we going to have our own personal flap moment here? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> You know, and also I generally don't mind them. So I I don't get too exercised about it, but the 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 ones that are in the sky but still kind of low that are bigger, those do there those are those are weird. Like yeah. the bright white ones that we saw t- at yeah. the same time across town from each other. That was cool. That was awe-inspiring. Yes. That was less fear and more awe. Yeah. Because yeah. they, if I was Christian, I would think of them as angelic because they were yes. brilliant, white, majestic, sailing lights that just floated over town with purpose and they were beautiful and they were scary because Made they, no they sound. were huge for what we normally see. Like, yeah, they and they were like diamonds in that they sort of they were white, but they flash out. They were scintillating. Color. Yeah, yeah, the we, same way that a you know a well cut diamond will do. Gosh, we saw the same thing, guys. I, I, and and the irony is, and now she was standing like literally right next to me, like I had to put my arm around her to like help hold her up because she loses her balance. She's getting older. Um but we saw that exact same thing, she and I together. So my mother and I also had that same experience. It has, I mean, it's got to be the same thing. I mean, the the diamond pattern, yeah. the light, the shimmer, the whole thing. And so she is still a practicing Catholic. Um, and I've got kind of a cute story about that, too. She's still Catholic, and she grew up, 
you know, very much with that whole mentality. So immediately she said that's exactly what her words were. She was like, that was an angel reaching out to us from heaven. Like that was her words for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm neo-pagan as anything. Yeah. I was nominally raised a Christian. I, the first thing out of my mouth was that's an angel just popped right out. We were on the phone with each other. Morgana was across town. She saw it first and she said, mama, go outside and look up. It's coming in your direction. She didn't tell me what I was going to see, just that it was coming in my direction. I'm so helpful. And I looked up and waited and then just sailing over my house from the direction of her house about 45 seconds later was this huge light. No sound. Yep. And it looked like it was reasonably low. Yes. If it was up really high, then it was huge. Huge. Um, but no sound and it just it flew purposefully that was the other thing it was flying in a straight line very purposefully and i have never seen a light like that no the only thing i can describe it as is my um aunt judy's engagement ring was a diamond that i have never seen anywhere except in a museum but when she showed it to me in the sunlight, it just flashed all of these colors out. And yep. that's what that light did. Yes. And it was it was just awe-inspiring. And it, and it was beautiful. And unlike, you know, usually when I see things that are close enough and that big for me to go, oh, I didn't really get scared. I, I just was too awe-inspired just to stare at it. Yeah. Same. And it didn't. I I feel things about them. Like, they yeah. give off feelings. Like, I don't know if I'm interpreting something that they're doing to my brain. Uh-huh. Like, if they're giving off a wavelength that my brain is interpreting through lights or something. I don't know. The, that sounds very pseudoscientific, um, which I suppose it is. But I do... They, they, they seem to give off a sense of something like that one. Yeah. That one was flying with purpose. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And and it was very much aware. And I've seen, so I've seen that same, that same diamond like object uh, many times now. Uh, I started seeing it. I gosh, late spring last year, early summer, and I've seen it in a group setting twice now. Once was at a CE5 event uh, with one of my lo- a local group where we also saw low flying orbs that same night, uh, which was cool. But um, and then I saw it again with my mother and, and both times, but both my mom and the original group who there was one of the people who was there who went into this thing, had never seen anything before. Never had, he was very grounded, very skeptical, very atheistic. And man, we messed him up. We messed that all up <laughs> that night. <clears throat> oh. Yeah. But, but no, so both, both times, you know, the CE5 group and my, my mother and myself, we all felt exactly what you're describing. Like 
almost like it imprints a feeling inside of you, doesn't it? You know, like yeah. you just yeah. you see that that one in particular, you don't just see it. Like it, it does something. You feel it. You feel it. And I like, yeah. I, I'm fine calling it an angel to, to me. The one thing I like about that term is that it, I feel like it's, it's used cross-culturally, like, right? Because like we, we tend to think of mm-hmm. it as a Christian symbol, but it was Hebrew too. I know that it's in the Quran. They have angels and even pagan faiths have angels. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. And who knows what an angel really is and you know, like I say, I tell people, I, I doubt that's what they call themselves if they call themselves anything at all, you know, but yeah. that term, I think works, it works good, as good as anything I have for, for that type of energy. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And yeah. it was beautiful. It w- and it, it, was it gorgeous. felt beautiful. Man. Yeah. Did it ever. Did it ever. Like, and it, it felt beautiful. It, and it felt comforting and peaceful. That was the other thing that I felt from it. Was, and strong. Yes, that too. It was, and I've never seen anything like that before. I have not seen anything like that before or since. The closest thing that I've seen since is I've seen the same kind of light, but just hovering. This is the one I saw when my boyfriend was out of town. I saw the same kind of light, but a little bit smaller, hovering in the sky. And I looked up, and I just looked at it, and I said, Venus is in the wrong place. Uh-huh. And then it faded <laughs> yeah. out and dropped down and went out. Woo. Yeah. Love and it. I went, God damn it, not another one. <laughs> <laughs> you sent them all my way, Morgana. There, you tell them. You can have them. <laughs> Come to Dallas. I love them. I had I had seen that same object a few times uh, already prior to that time we saw it at the CE five. That first time at the CE five, and I've seen it a few random times since. Um, but that was a really cool experience. The first time, so the same night that we saw that earlier on, like right as the sun was going down. Um, I looked over in the tree line and it's a wooded, fairly wooded area. It's a park. Um, and I saw a red orb and this one was a little bigger than the ones that I typically see. It was definitely more, at least like baseball size. It looked like from a distance and I just saw it shoot off and I was like, Whoa. And it, it happened so quickly that I wasn't even sure. That was one of those times where I was thinking maybe I was crazy or something. You know, I was like, uh, did yeah. I really see that? But this other guy, the super skeptical guy, also saw it. And he said it out loud. He was like, oh, my God, I just saw this red light shoot out from that tree over there. And I, it was right there when I saw it. And I was like, wow, I did see that. I was like, dang, man, it was cool. And that's uh, that's the only time I've seen a red one. I've seen, I've heard both of you describe, it sounds like you'll see red ones quite a bit. And that's the only time I've ever seen red, that that color. Sounds like you'll see a range yeah. of colors, right? I yeah. the most frequent color I've seen of the little ones is red, and then I think the second most frequent color that I've seen has been purple. Whoa, that's yeah. Awesome. Um, because I've seen purple three times in my life. I've seen red like half a dozen to a dozen times. Um, I've. 
And then there was the winter solstice ones that were blue, red, and white. Yeah, tell him that one. That one's yeah. You that told me I had to because... tell Drew this one. Yeah. <laughs> so, you were asking, do you see them more in the winter or spring? I see them more in spring and autumn. Okay. Um. But I was walking my dog on the winter solstice. And it had snowed, and there's a bank by my house with the there's the berm, and then there's the strip of woods that runs here, and I the road curves that way. So I'm walking my dog, I'm walking him back, and I see what looks like you know how at music festivals and stuff they have the light up fake fire things. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. That they sure. spin on the cord. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I saw what I thought was that like at the foot of the berm at the edge of the woods that I have to pass on the curve of the road. And it's red, white, and blue, like red on the outside, white in the middle and blue at the end. And it's, it's sort of rectangular, but spinning in a circle, super, super fast. And I start walking towards it cause I'm trying to figure out what it is. And I'm walking with my dog and my dog's not reacting and I'm like, okay, so I'm trying to figure out what this is. And I get within about seven feet of it and I stop because the whole time I'm going, I'm like, that's either a person spinning a light for no reason in the cold on winter solstice or those are the um nothings. And I stop and I'm like, Morgana, why are you following the dancing monkey? And I look really quickly behind me and there's nothing behind me. And I'm like, okay, it wasn't a dancing monkey. And I take one more step towards it. And all of a sudden it stops spinning and globes of light that are white, blue, and red, like fire globes shot off in all directions. Oh man. And I just go, okay, happy winter solstice, everybody. (laughs) I walked my dog back in the house and put an offering out. I love and it. texted mom <laughs> and when you would mom, not believe are you awake <laughs> i love that i do and I that, do was that beautiful too. that's that and sounds it was beautiful amazing. what, it was what year was what, what year was that, that was that was covid winter solstice okay all right um so that was the first year of covid so yeah. it'd be 2020 2020 yeah. Wasn't there all kinds of like planetary alignments and so forth going on yes. at that time? Yes, there were. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've always. Yeah. In 2019, that was when we saw the UFOs at Christmas. At Christmas. That was 2019 Christmas was night. Christmas UFOs. God. And that was right before COVID. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and we weren't the only ones in Athens who saw them too. That was the other thing. That, you know, one of Morgana's friends had said, oh, did you see the UFOs at Christmas too? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we did. Of course I did. Of course we did, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, a, well, that's, that's the... a good... Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, that's the thing about, like, I'm outside a lot at night because I have to walk my dog and I smoke cigarettes. Yeah. And I don't smoke in my apartment because that's nasty. And I don't own this house. (laughs) So if I owned this house, I would have a smoking room and would accept one room being nasty. Um, But I'm always outside at night and I keep an eye out most of the time because 
for all that I'm like, yeah, you can have them all. I'll send them all to Dallas. Like, I do think they're cool and I do think they're beautiful. I just think they're cool and beautiful as long as they stay outside. Yeah. And they don't always. Nope. Yeah. You, that you same winter. That same winter, I had what looked like a gold and clear soap bubble covered, like, that was faintly lit up, rolled out of my wall across the floor and vanished into another wall. Yeah, that'll... that'll I don't even know what that is. No. Like, is that an orb? I don't know. (laughs) I think you'd have to. I think it qualifies, right? I think you'd have to. Like, it's does round. is it? I don't know. Is it an it orb? Is, is it sort a ghost? Of lit up? Is I just I sum that up as miscellaneous. Like that's just like the miscellaneous that. weirdness. I like that. That's when you know you're experiencing a lot of like paranormal stuff when you have to like start making up when there's not even categories for some of it anymore, and you're just like. Okay, yep. we're just going to throw that in miscellaneous, you know? That <laughs> just goes yeah. in the bin. It's like the glowing scarf that I saw the night I saw the UFO. Like, what the hell was that? What the hell is that? Drifting yeah. energy blob. Like, I'm, I, I'm used to seeing glowing things that are round. Right. Not a scarf. <laughs> what? Did it undulate as it went? Yes, like, it undulated. Oh, see, that's wild. <laughs> yeah, I, But I, that I, is kind of how the orbs fly, too. Like you said, yes. it's like they're swimming a little bit. Definitely. It's weird. I saw one recently that was kind of like that. It was more... Now, what I saw was a lot smaller, it sounds like. It was not big at all. Um, maybe that long but it was it was blue it was a bright blue very like a a kind of a pale bright blue it was really beautiful and it was almost like a figure eight type pattern and it was close like it was in my backyard and it drifted like fence height like below my fence um inside my fenced in area and it just drifted across and then just poof just shot off just disappeared yeah uh, but it was more yeah, kind of almost ribbon-like or snake-like, but but much smaller, much smaller. That had to be some wild See, stuff and scarf. But that's that's something. It was so odd. That's odd. It was yeah. so odd. I I really let you should do you can you do you watch anime ever? No, I don't. But maybe I should. <laughs> okay, there's there's this, one that I think you should see. It's called okay. Mushishi. Okay. And it is about a man who can see all this weird stuff that's called Mushi. It's set in old Japan. Okay. Not ancient Japan, just old Japan. Like, it's like, like Meiji restoration. Late, yeah. Yeah. Late like barely. 20, late late 19th century, early 20th century. Okay. Barely. So pre-war. Um, pre-war too. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the way they do the mushi, the supernatural things, is so... I think it's the closest any media has gotten to what I think they are because they're basically described as life forms that are closer to the actual life force that drives the planet than any other thing. But they're... Because they're so close to, like 
eldritch life, essentially. They're too simple to be like any other life form. Because they're so close to the source of life itself. So they're all these little lights beings that do different things and interact with people. And like sometimes they're dangerous and sometimes they're just pests. And sometimes they're just there. Sometimes they're blessings. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's the one who deals with them. He goes, you know, from village to village, town to town. And if there are problems with it, he he, he helps intercedes. solve them. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, it's it's a really there is a film version of it. Don't bother with that. Okay. The live action film is not nearly as good Hulu. as the anime series. Okay. And so yeah, check but that out. It's really neat. That's it's awesome. only for the visuals. Like it's beautifully yeah. animated. Well, the the story and those. Pretty- yeah, and those those little creatures do look a lot like what we're describing. Wow. As, you know, how the orbs or the little ribbony like things look. And yeah. I, I remember the first time we, we watched it, Morgana and I were like, That's what they're like. <laughs> That's what they're like. That's what they are. <laughs> I know what those are. Oh my them. god, somebody somebody drew it. <laughs> I'll I'll check that out. Um I will definitely look into that. That sounds awesome. That sounds like a neat story anyway. So, yeah. That- it is. Oh, yeah. You'll enjoy the story and you'll enjoy the characters. Yeah. And it's beautiful, too. And it's so. really, really beautiful. Um, so- but I just, that conception of them as being indifferent, like they're not bad or good, they're ju- they just are is what I think they actually are like. I don't, I think when they have effects on us, I don't think they're necessarily like, oh, I'm going to go get that person and set them on fire. I think they just happen, you happen to cross paths with something that catches you on fire. Like it's not like, it's it's not a, a malintent. Like the orb isn't like, I'm going to hunt people down on purpose. At least I don't think so. I don't want to make them annoyed, so I don't test this theory. <laughs> yeah, that's, but that's a safety thing. You just yeah be respectful to whatever form of life it is, because I do think it is a form of life. Yes, agreed. It's an because intelligent because they do act intelligently. For sure, I, I agree. No, I, I I like that, and it's funny. That's another thing that you know, growing up Catholic too, or whatever. You do hear the stories of, of even certain figures like like saints who were injured by things that and even stigmata, you know, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. even like the stigmatics. A lot of times you, you find out that they had interactions with things that nowadays we would call UFOs or orbs. You know, um, I've always heard like yeah. St. Francis, especially that. He saw like these up close lights or whatever, and then that's when he ended up having his his injuries and and I think it sounds like he had like really bad arthritis and so mm-hmm. um, looking at it, you know, through a modern lens, that it sounds like that's what happened. I've also heard the same thing about uh, Christopher Bledsoe that he's had that a lot of people think that 
through his entity encounters with these up close and personal things that he's experienced that uh, and he's, I think he has rheumatoid arthritis now, my understanding. And I'm sure there's others yeah. too. Yeah. It, and it could just be that they're just so inner there. And, and maybe it just depends on the state of energy that they're in when we interact with them, you know? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Or who knows? Like maybe they're not cranked up as high sometimes or they're going through a different energy cycle or early on in a manifestation or later in a manifestation, you know, maybe they're, it's different stages of energy output. Yeah. Yeah. Something. I don't know. Um, I think they're such an enigma and they're so odd, but they're most of the time they're not dangerous. They're just odd. Just (laughs) odd. And then you have like all those photographs and videos and stuff that people see where, I mean, it clearly looks like there's facial features inside of them, you know? Yeah. And that's odd, you know? And then sometimes they're in conjunction with one another. Like like you were saying, like you'll see Bigfoot and and the orb or you'll see the UFO flying around and then, you know, it's got smaller orbs in the tree line with it or whatever, you know? Yeah. Gosh, you could just go with this stuff, you know, trying to ponder on it and figure it out. And at times that almost seems like maybe the point of some of these interactions with all this different phenomenon is just to make us, to make us think and to make us ponder and wonder about these things. And just, it's almost like they exist to not make sense. Yeah. (laughs) No, that that's not a bad idea, honestly. I, I agree. Too much rationality is not necessarily good for humans. Agreed. We have um, to dream. We have to dream. We have to imagine. We have to wonder. We have to not think we know everything. Definitely. And I mean, that's... And creativity is tied up with all of this. If you look mm-hmm. at the the energy that we're talking about if you look at the orbs and ufos and and all of the light beings and whatnot that that people have interacted with it a it always changes people yeah for good or for ill Mm -hmm. and b it seems to somehow sort of either kickstart someone's creativity or move it into a different direction or it's somehow tied with their creativity. But it, it just changes people. It does. Um, you know, one of the things Greg Bishop said that I thought was interesting was he said, well, you know, what if the purpose of a UFO is to get our attention and make us think different things, make us think differently, believe differently. And it's done by having these, these lights essentially illuminate us. And, and he said, what if it's an art project of this intelligence? You know, what if that whole point is you know, because the whole point of an art exhibit is for you to see the art and then you feel something. That's the whole point of viewing art. 
And he said, what if UFOs are like this giant worldwide art project that everybody is reacting to and it makes you feel something and it makes you, you know, do something different, makes you believe differently. I I think that's, that's a fairly good idea to kind of work with. I um, like but I know idea. that my creativity is is tied with it too. So, for sure, no. In, in a way, I mean, that's what the muses were, right? You know, mm-hmm. uh, yep. There were these other intelligences that helped inspire, you know, creative thought and processes and and ideas. And I think that might be a big part of what we're dealing with here. I know I I use them as such, right or wrong you know, for, for inspiration, for what I do, um, in my mm-hmm. life, you know, as a horticulturalist, which might seem kind of funny, but you know, that's, that's art. It is. That that's, is art. That's art. And that's practical art. Definitely. Yep. Which is of its own special value. I think yeah, says I- the ex cook <laughs> <laughs> also yeah. a practical art form. At most yeah. definitely. Absolutely. And and one very intertwined there. One very horticulture, you know, and cooking. Very kind of hand in Hi. hand kind of thing. Yep. <laughs> Friend. They are. Yep. Absolutely. Can't survive without the other. That's all right. Man, speaking ain't of got nothing to cook if ain't nobody growing nothing. That's you know? right. That's right. And we, we can't make those those that produce uh be at its best unless we have somebody who knows how to cook them properly too. So yep. yeah, it's all, all part of the ecosystem, right? Ain't <laughs> yeah. nothing worse than mushy broccoli. I'm just saying. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't eat broccoli. Mushy unless it green was raw or for mushy years. Uh, Brussels are worse. Oh, they're bad too. They're that's, bad. That's bad. So bad. Because you really gotta overcook those things to get them mushy, don't you? You really I know. Yeah. <laughs> and all the bitter just seems to just float around in the pot with them and ooh. oh yeah <laughs> awful <laughs> it's like just blanch them and then roast them why <laughs> why are you doing bacon. those terrible things That's right. man speaking of the the creativity i have to mention this i have to I hope this is cool but man that one the painting you did that was kind of like the faux cave cave art that was oh yeah awesome like that was oh thank you that was incredible i was like when i saw that i was like i've got to learn how to do that i have got to learn how to do that because that is too cool i love that man that was so neat you know how i do it Mm -hmm. It, it's it's pareidolia okay i make i make it is it I see it in the paint after I've done the paint fairly um, uh, just randomly on the page as these drips. And then I let it dry. And then I look at it. And there's things in it. And then I bring them forward. Awesome. So, yeah. So, I might be doing videos later that show some of that process. But the... The painting I did for the last episode mm-hmm. that I put out with 
uh, all the snowflakes and all that. Yes. That was done similarly. It was layers of watercolor and water and salt and all kinds of other things put there. And then I looked at it and saw things in it. And so I brought them forward and brought them out. And so that's why there's, you know, Krampus is over here and Perched is over here. And there's a little elf person over here. And then there's all these little castles and stuff and, and all kinds of little, all kinds of stuff. There was more stuff in there that I just, I had to stop. I just yeah. had to stop with it because it was like, there's too many things. And I, it has to be done at some point. So I'm just going to stop. I'm not going to do any more. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's how I do it. It's pareidolia. So when people see the faces in um, orbs sometimes, mm-hmm. And and skeptics will go. That's pareidolia. That's just you. Just your mind is just seeing things that aren't really there. Yeah, because we're programmed to see faces and everything. This is all true. That's all true, but that doesn't mean it's not there. No. Yeah. I, I so agree. and since I do art that way, <laughs> I can say, no, really, pareidolia can actually reveal to you something that is hidden and you can which learn is from that the point of it, it yeah pareidolia doesn't exist to make us think there are faces where there aren't no. faces pareidolia exists so we can see the face hiding in the leaves of the tiger that's about to eat us eat us yes mm-hmm. so it's there to reveal hidden things it was an evolutionary mm-hmm. process exactly exactly and and like. what better way if we are dealing with kind of like I was speculating about earlier, a uh, an intelligence, a type of intelligence being that speaks to us symbolically, then it would know that this is a way that it could communicate something further than just a simple light in the sky kind of a thing, you know, through, yeah. the, mm-hmm. through this this process that it may know or be aware of that we have you know, that we inherently have and that given the chance and enough people taking all these goofy photographs, these crazy people taking photograph after photograph, right, or doing these videos that people are going to start to notice, you know, if you look a little deeper here, there's more going on, you know? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's just really neat. I think a lot of those pictures are really cool and, and I like to speculate about that, you know, like what could be the purpose and i do think it just it could just be a little deeper methodology of communication that's what i think all of it is all of the the light phenomenon in one way or another is just different manifestations of something spiritual that's what they are to me doesn't mean that I i'm right yeah. you know or no, no i think you i think, I think you're right it's some sort of intelligent life that is not necessarily physical although it sometimes can be physical or partially physical yeah um i mean one of the things that really jumped out at me in fact it's the only thing that i have kept in my head from whitley streber's latest book called a new world which is a good book but one thing jumped out at me he asked his visitors what it was that they did. And they said, we rearrange atoms. Huh. Now, 
Okay. So that let's think about this. So is light a wave so, or a particle? Yeah. It can be both. Both, right? Yeah. Of course, what that means is we don't actually know what light is, but, but be that as it may, is it physical or is it energy? It's both. How do you go from solid to liquid? Well, you don't rearrange atoms, but you change the vibrational level, Yeah. right? And what is it they always tell us in physics class when we're in sixth grade that freaks us all out for a while? And, and unless you're just one of the kids who doesn't think too deeply, they tell you that your desk is not solid, really. Oh, this that the atoms so hard that that they are most that that, that your desk is mostly empty space. And so are now, you. Now, if you're not, yep. And so are you. <coughs> and so, how do the how do the quote-unquote aliens or visitors or whatever you want to call them go through solid walls? They rearrange atoms. That's wild. I love that. That's amazing. At that Boy. one, that jumped out at me like I was like, oh, my God. And that's why I remember it. Um, another one that jumped out, this one happened in the 60s. Um, a man who was who was uh, interacting with an, an alien um, was told, we want you to believe in us, but not too much. Huh. That's a, see, to me, those two, those two statements, if you put them together and you think about it a little bit, there are so many possibilities. I actually think those two were actually the truth. Because if you read John Keel, John Keel always says that, you know, these these creatures don't always tell the truth. In no. fact, they very seldom tell the truth, yes. or they only tell part of the truth. So those two, I like to think about those two in conjunction with each other and go, hmm, hmm. But whatever the lights are, they are trying to communicate with us. No doubt, and and that that may be part of the purpose too. You know, is to create that interaction. Keep us guessing, mm -hmm. keep us uh, keep us on our toes and, and pondering and, and continuing to interact. I spend a lot of time. I, it comes and goes. I've uh, I'll go through times where I'm being more social, you know, or doing other things. Or I had that really crazy busy work stretch where that goes on for a month and a half, sometimes a little longer. Where I'm working like super late nights and everything. Uh, when that's when I first started seeing the owl for the first time so many years ago, but but uh, when it'll kind of dwindle, so to speak, a little bit, and then it just gets really active again. You know, like I'll, mm -hmm. I'll have periods where it'll just get really, really active. So I, I kind of have that ebb and ebb and flow, probably. But I, I think if uh, when it feels to me like now I'm at a point now, and I don't know how y'all feel about it, but I feel like if for the most part, when I want to have an interaction, I'm probably going to um, of some type. It, I don't get to choose what I get necessarily. <laughs> uh, 
But I knew you were going to say that. Of course. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> and, and then sometimes, like, I might get a little bit of everything. So two days before Thanksgiving, just a couple weeks back, um, in one day, like, this all happened. This was two days. This was Tuesday, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Um, and I admit this one, this one got me a little bit. I had two daytime sightings at the park where I work, like broad daylight sightings. Um, the second one was one of those where I don't, I don't know how it is for y'all. The, the, the daytime sightings, when I, when I see them, they can last a long time. I've had some pretty long interactions, uh, during the daytime and, and, and at least one that I can think of that was multiple witness during the day um which was pretty cool but anyway so i had two daytime sightings then that evening um outside i had you know the usual high flying orb stuff saw the owl uh this was the most recent time that i saw the little owl got some crazy pictures some weird pictures uh from that from that sighting and then inside later on that night um a little bit later on i've got i've worked in the sun like my whole life you know doing the horticulture thing and and whatnot and i've got probably you know especially when i was younger wasn't just real smart about sunscreen and all that kind of skin protection stuff so i've got like my back is covered in like moles and i've got moles and freckles and stuff all over so i keep an eye on them pretty close so I was actually yeah. in, the, in the in the bathroom and I just had like a little handheld mirror and I was looking at monitoring my moles in, in the in the in the mirror just looking at them in the mirror and all of a sudden my whole room just got swarmed with these with these little tiny like pinpoint lights um, which I've only ever seen those in my house. And that's the only kind that I've ever seen in my house. I don't see the larger orbs, not even like the golf ball size orbs in, in my home that I see with my eyes um, that I've only, and I've seen this very rare, but it was just a whole swarm of them. And it like, I literally felt like I was in another reality for what felt like a few minutes. Then I, I couldn't hardly move. I remember at one point in time, like thinking I wanted to turn around and look at the actual mirror, like the, the wall mounted mirror to see if I could see them in the mirror you know, but mm-hmm. I, I couldn't, I just couldn't get around to it. And I just remember just like looking at all around and they were just swirling all by, I mean, each one was only like the size of a pinprick or something or like a, like if you made a dot on a piece of paper um, and just yeah. brilliant white, kind of a goldeny white light. Um, yeah. It was wild. Beautiful. All that happened in one day. Like that was one day. And it's like, Sometimes you just throw your hands up and you're like, I don't know. I have no idea today or what's going on in the universe, but something. Today, today's just, today we're going to see a UFO and a scarf. And today you're going to see daylight sightings and an owl and little tiny pinprick light swarms. Yeah. It just happens. It just happens. Yep. There's no rhyme or reason, or if actually, I'm sure there is a rhyme and a reason, but we don't know what it is. So to yes. us, it looks random. Completely. Yeah. 
and just yeah, when it, when it just stacks like one thing on top of the other, like that, that it's man, those days are wild. And then that's that's yeah. kind of like we're kind of like you talked about earlier. So I see these little pixie like lights, and I'm like, are those orbs? I don't know. They're right, right. Yeah, I don't know. Let's see. Those are the little tiny lights I saw as a little kid. A really little kid in my room. That you had seen them all. Those little itty bitty guys. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not, there's a, there's a word for the flashes you see in darkness of your eyes trying to see things. Those Uh are called phosphenes. That's not what they are because I've seen those. Me too. As I've gotten older and gone, no, that's not what that was. They're different. Um, because you could see it in light yes. as well as in darkness. Yeah, these and, were, yeah, I, I mean, the, all the lights on in the house and the whole night. I know exactly what you're talking about, the phosphenes. I've, I've seen those too. Um, but yeah, this was different. But I kept I kept waiting for like my vision to clear. Like I was just going to blink a couple times right. and realize that it was just floaters or whatever. And then like right. I did it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is really happening. You know, like this is going on. Then, I mean, I did, like, I just yeah. felt like I was transformed totally somewhere else. And I just didn't even have my wits about me at all. Like I was in a portal or something. I didn't have any missing time or anything like that, I, I that I know of. I, I don't think it, it was like that, but it was, it was wild. It was quite the experience, that's for sure. The message yeah. is make sure you use sunscreen and your moles are fine for right now, maybe. <laughs> like, maybe they were like, oh, you're worrying about skin cancer. Don't. Don't. You're okay. Let's hope. Let's like, hope that was the message, right? <laughs> I would still use sunscreen and keep an eye on your moles, though, just oh, in yeah. case. Because that's just a good, good thing to do. No doubt. My father, my father-in-law is as the... Uh, uh, dermatologist is like, yes, that is the good thing to do. Just you always wear sunscreen. And and your your dad was the farmer, right? Was yeah, he, my grandfather was grandfather. the farmer. That's right. That's right. I was listening to some of your episode earlier today. Finally, uh, on the with the creative weirdos, I was listening to to that. Oh yeah, telling some of those stories about your grandfather. I'm loving that episode, man. That's fantastic. That is great. I love yeah, that, that. That was fun. Todd asked a lot of really good questions. And so, you know, and it was it was fun to talk about art as well. Although he's like, you know, we we didn't really talk about art too too much. It's we started it at the end. He's like, so you have to come back to talk about art. So I was like, <laughs> I okay. <love> it. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Get you talking and you'll you'll just go, mama. I know. I know. It's true. It's true. Um, but yeah, my grandfather was the one who was who was the farmer. I, and, I love uh, that. I love it. Explained to me that, you know, a farm without animals was only half of a farm because you, you need it to be an ecosystem. Absolutely. And be all like, you know, that that's... And besides, I think he liked eggs, so... Eggs are delicious. <laughs> they are. They are. Eggs are delicious. It's been um, a while, but yep, yeah, I remember. I used to, I used to like them too. But I'm still big on, on yeah, incorporation of, of animal life, and uh, yeah, like just that whole ecosystem, creating that, that 
forest-like ecosystem as best you can in, in an agricultural setting is a great thing. Love that. Well, that's yeah. why you've got lights. Right, right. You make life. Yeah. That's what you that's... do. You make and nurture life. I do my And you best. do it in, be. like, a, do you work in Dallas? Yes. Okay, so you do it in an urban setting. You're You're renewing nature in an urban environment that's heavily humanized yes and there you there you are just bringing the wild in and the the lights are like hey you're one of ours this guy yeah yeah we're coming to this guy yeah and it's a very uh we're a very open environment um so i'm an urban farmer is is more or less what i am I, i can't talk too much but we're a very open public place where a lot of people can come in and get like their in in a lot of cases it's going to be their one and only exposure to you know horticultural type of thing you know um which is pretty cool to be able to do that like yeah like right smack and we are in the middle of the city where where my project is it is very urban environment we'll just say very urban (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I definitely think that's tied in for certain. Somehow. They're probably happy to see somebody planting things. They're like, ah, we've just seen acres of concrete, but we have found you. We found somebody, (laughs) yes. Yes. (laughs) It'd be interesting to know if any of the other people who work with you have started seeing anything or hearing anything weird or... I know for sure. I know that at least one person has seen something with you. Yes, I've had a, I've had a two, one former and then one current of my employees who've seen them with me. Yes, for sure. And and one of them, yeah. I think, has had at least some level of ongoing experience. Not not frequent, but it's it's happened. He's seen stuff a few times now, so. That's kind of like cool. you were saying earlier, Morgana, it's really cool to be able to introduce that to people, I think, you know, especially when, yeah. they're, when they're open to it and, and willing to explore that a little bit, you know, giving somebody a spiritual experience, which is to me what this is, is a pretty neat thing. I think that's, yeah, that can bring a lot to someone's life. Kind it of can. Fun. can also scare the hell out of them sometimes. Oh, yeah. And for that, I always feel bad. But... For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody needs to be, I think everybody needs a moment of existential terror in their life where they realize that, yeah, they don't control the whole universe. I think it builds character. Um, Agreed. I believe I told you that when you were a kid. (laughs) Yes. I think I just heard my own words come back. I love that. Oh, don't worry. It builds character, dear. (laughs) Oh, I know something I did. I wanted to ask y'all too. Um, I don't know how sure. open open either or both of you are about, you know, speaking to other people about your experiences and whatnot, but I'm I'm curious, do other people in your area, like when they start experiencing strange things or see something odd, do they come to y'all? Do they come to, to y'all and are like, We just saw this weird stuff. Can you please tell me what what we saw? Like, does that kind of um, thing happen? In my friend group, yes. 
in in my rather large friend group, um, because I'm part of the food service mafia. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> of Athens, because I've been in the food service industry for so long, and my best friend best friend is a bartender, so I know everyone who has been involved in the food service industry here for like the last 10 years, basically like not every single one, but I know most of them close to, um, yes, people will come and ask me questions. They'll be like, I had a weird dream. What do you think it means? Or I saw this. What do you think it means? Or this is happening in my house. What should I do about it? Yes. Yeah. Um, but outside of my friend group, no, because not that many people in town, I think, know about the podcast. Okay. Somehow. Yes. Well, there's that guy at the emergency room now. Well, yeah, there is the guy at the <laughs> ER now. <laughs> this woman. This woman, my mother, falls and hurts herself, which is why everybody in podcast land, we haven't had a show up for a couple weeks. Because yep. she fell yep. and hurt herself and nearly broke herself. And we had to get the ambulance because she couldn't walk to get in my car. So I met her at the hospital. We finally get back to her room because, of course, I'm in the hospital because my mom is in the hospital. And I'm not going to leave her at the ER by herself. Of course not. And the ER was very full. I bet. <laughs> yeah. And the nice gentleman is helping her from her wheelchair into her bed. And as she's being helped into bed, he goes, oh, I really love your sweatshirt because she's got her Mothman sweatshirt on because, of course, she does. This one here. <laughs> yeah. I'm wearing it now. <laughs> and and he said, oh, I love Mothman. I've got a Mothman tattoo on my leg. And he pulls up his pants leg, and, and there's Mothman. Really? So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can finish telling the story now. <laughs> uh, no, you can finish because. Oh, and I had my owl owl slippers on yep. with little embroidered owls. And that was the first thing he noticed. He's like, oh, I like your owl slippers. I'm like, yeah, owls are pretty cool. And then he, Mothman, and he showed me his Mothman. And I said, you know, we we do a a, a, a paranormal podcast where we talk about mothman a lot and we talk about all kinds of things but you know mothman he's like really i love that kind of stuff what's the name of it and so i told him and he got a you know post it and wrote it down and i was like okay i'm really a podcaster now because i'm talking to the guy in the er while i'm in terrible pain about my paranormal podcast <laughs> and the nice gentleman leaves and i look at her and i'm like did you have to and she's like yeah <laughs> Yeah. She's like, I think we got a listener. And I'm like, Mom, just lay yeah. down. I love that, man. That Still is woman. so great. I love that. Good for you, man. He's going to love your show, too, man. He's going to be so glad he, he met you. Made his, he made his day. That's for certain. Yeah, yeah, we were we were a different new thing in the in the ER. We, he, we're we, always don't so know jolly when we're in the ER too. Like even yeah. when whenever whichever one of us is in the ER, because we always go as a pair. Yeah, because we do. If I'm messed up, she comes with me, and if she's messed up, I go with her. Great. And we're both just. I have the philosophy when it's me in the ER. That nobody wants to be here, least of all the nurses. So I may yeah. as well make everybody laugh. Great. Good for you. 
I love that. It also keeps our mind off of being in pain. Yes. If we can make people laugh, make ourselves laugh. So I'm so always yeah. very, very nice in the ER. Um, and I, I joke with the nurses and everything. And mom's the same way. And But if you stick us in the ER together, it becomes Laurel and Hardy really fast. I can see that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you're trapped there for at least six hours. For sure. Yeah. You're uncomfortable. You're usually getting lightheaded at a certain point because you're hungry. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But it, yeah. So yeah, I became a, a true podcaster because I, I, you know, told him about my podcast while I was in pain. I, am, I was you, proud man. of you for that. I love that. That's fantastic. I'm glad to hear so you. I should have cards made up so I can just, you know, pass them out. At the That's what I told you whatever. when he left. I was like, man, you need business cards, mom. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's not as that's, fun as getting into like a conversation about Mothman with you guys, yeah. right? That's you know that's that's kind of, true. That's benign. Let's yeah. Let's do it your that's way. True. I like that. I like it. I uh, but owls and Mothman. Owls and Mothman. That's great. I need some owl slippers, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need some. Yeah, I think they make them in 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 guy sizes, so you you could. You could you could get them. Oh yeah, I'll. I'll but they're nice and soft and warm, I'll which see, you need I'll, now in Texas, apparently. I do believe it or not, man. Since you guys are are just gonna get winter now. I know. Yeah, the last few years. two years in a row now. Three. This will be the third year that we've had like. Strong, okay, three years. And this is early for us. Like December, this early in December is an early, early winter storm. Well, we got. I mean, it, I know it gets a lot colder where y'all are. And luckily this was a, a dry front because um, no one can drive in the snow and ice down here at all. Myself included. Oh no. You no. Know, I, I, the first Don't feel bad. Know. Nobody can drive in the snow and ice in Ohio either. We just all think we can. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but it got down to like 90. You ain't lived till you lived in Maryland. Oh yeah. Oh. Washington DC and Maryland is god awful in the snow. God, I can only imagine. I think we got down. To, I think the coldest we got was negative two in Athens. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't too bad. We didn't get much. snow I love either. how you Buffalo, say it wasn't too bad. Like <laughs> Buffalo got all the snow. It was terrible, mother. It was negative two with negative twenty two wind chill. It was awful. Gosh. Yeah, but but we don't have twenty feet of snow either. That's so. true. It would have been warmer if we'd had the 20 feet of snow. <laughs> True. True. Ooh. True. I, <laughs> one thing, and kind of the reason I asked the question about if people around the town ever came to y'all with their experiences, um, in a way, when those kinds of things do happen, uh, do, you, do, you, do you feel like almost like you're maybe like the town shaman? so to speak. In the- a little bit. I feel like the town hedge witch. Okay. Yes. Yes, yes. I, I feel I feel like the granny witch, basically, that okay. you stump up the holler and, and like bring a pack of smokes to and go, hey, I need you to interpret my dream or hey, I need you to charm this ward off or hey, I need yeah. help getting this spirit out of my house. And I've done all of that except the wart charming. Because, well, you can't charm warts off people in this day and age. It doesn't work. 
we know how to do no. that. <laughs> you got to go freeze it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, when it's too below, you might be able to do it. Yeah, just uh, yeah. stick it to a flagpole. Stick it. Yeah. It isn't as it isn't as often now with me as it was when I owned a metaphysical bookstore in town. At that point, oh, man, yeah. that's where everybody came in and we're like, hey. This thing happens and so on and so Now somebody else has the meta, uh, metaphysical bookstore in town. So she gets a lot of the people. But then sometimes, you know, she can always, you know, contact me or whatever. Um, but I do get a lot of stuff on Facebook from people. Um, you know, this has happened. I've gotten a lot of stuff from listeners who I, you know, don't even know who they are. Yeah. But they're like, hey, this, this things started happening what's going on is is there any way you can you know help me deal with that and you know i just do what i can yeah you know and and that in fact was part of why we started the podcast was to you know help people out because i was doing that on reddit a lot that's very noble i love it i mean that's one of the reasons that i wanted to come on your show too um, because I, I do think that there is, or at least maybe it's just myself putting this on myself, I guess. Uh, but I, I'll, ex I can explain this a little bit, but I do feel some level of responsibility because I know that people like us, we are experiencing this on a fairly regular basis, you know, and I know that most people don't. And I also yeah, remember yeah. the first time that I had an experience which was utterly traumatic and left me just upside down and so confused and lost, you know. Um, and I do, I definitely do want to be able to talk to people about that, you know, if they need to or they want to. Um, and the, just this past summer, I met with another person who had had very similar you know, the close encounter type experiences that I've had, you know, off and on periodically throughout the, since I was 18, um, which has been a couple years now, but, uh, you know, <laughs> being able to talk to him and compare notes, so to speak, and hearing a lot of the commonalities that we have, including like the weird marks. And he showed me like some of the, the scar-like wounds that he has that look exactly like mine you know and just hearing that and just knowing it was like he helped me so much and I remember in that moment mm. thinking like okay I need to I need to put my own self out there a little bit and and because somebody out there probably does need to hear this and probably needs to hear it like right now you know yeah uh, yeah it's it's pure support yes yes and it's also there's a really terrible movie called Split Second. Um, it's a great movie, which you should watch. <laughs> it's a and great it's, movie. It's bad, but it's great. It's a, it's a wonderful <laughs> bad movie. But there's a Best supernatural one. serial killer, and the the old veteran cop who has been dealing with this serial killer and is like he's back has been assigned a rookie cop who thinks he's crazy. Until the rookie cop sees the supernatural demon thing that's okay. killing people. And then he's completely shaken and terrified. And the, 
you know, old detective who knows what's up just shoves a cigar in his mouth because he chain smokes cigars, drinks nothing but coffee and eats nothing but chocolate. He just shoves a cigar in his mouth, makes him drink coffee and shoves a chocolate in his mouth and says, eat this, drink this, smoke this. Now do you understand? Yes. Yes, I understand. Do you feel better? (laughs) Yes. Yes, I feel better. Okay, let's go get some guns. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And again, it's, it's a classic film. In a in a in a very rough and ready sense, that's kind of what I feel like this podcast is about and what I try to do for people who see stuff is be like, I believe you. One, I believe you. Don't you're not crazy. Two. Three, it's gonna be okay. And it's it's sort of like the nice version of eat this, drink this, smoke this, now do you understand? Like because you need people need to know they're not nuts. Yep. Like that's I feel like that's step one. <laughs> and then step two is peer support. And step three is hey, maybe if enough of us all talk to each other, we can figure out what the hell is going on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. I mean, even this conversation we're having tonight, I feel like is is great. Like we get to compare notes about the things that we've seen and experienced and yeah. what they mean to us and so forth. And I, I knew we would learn something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I definitely feel like it, but, but yes. And somehow it's just, it's so comforting to know that there are other people who are experiencing these same things that you are. That is somehow very, yeah. Very, yeah. Not the only one. It is. You're not alone. Yeah, you're not the only one. You're not alone. And you can call somebody for help and they'll have advice, probably. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. even if they don't have advice, they can say the ma- two magic, two most magic words in the human language, which is, I understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sometimes that's all you need is to, is to be heard. Um, yeah. And not, not dismissed. That was, that's, that's one of the things that um, I've always been very um, conscious of when I talk with people who have weird things happen. And, you know, I was talking with my peers when I was a kid, you know, from like middle school on who started having weird things happen. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, that I, yeah, 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 I understand that. Yeah. And it it really was was a a really healing thing just for them to be heard. Even mm-hmm. as a kid, I realized that even just hearing them made it better. Yes, you know. And uh, you know, it, you know, you also had the issue with with some people being like that. There came from Satan. no i don't think that there came from satan (laughs) i think something else is afoot i think something else is happening um but yeah the it was scary when you're a kid and and you know you'd want to tell somebody but you'd be afraid that you'd get that there's from satan and then god knows what would happen to you if you went to church or whatever and uh so you know, we we kind of kept it quiet amongst ourselves, but we did have sort of a peer support group, and you know, weird stuff happened, and that's just how it was. I think what 
you know, for a while I was thinking maybe more people are seeing things now than did back then, but I'm beginning to think that we've always had a lot of people seeing things and nobody talking about it. Agreed. I think that's more more what's happening. That there were more people than we knew about. I think yeah. I also think the internet helps. Bingo. Well, the internet helps because you can find your people. Yes. You know. Yes, you can. And then there's more and more people telling their story out loud, you know, through the different social medias or YouTube or whatever, you know, uh, podcasts like this, where people just have a better outlet now to get their stories out. And and the more we do it, the more uh, comfortable others start to feel and start to realize, yes. oh, man, maybe I can talk about this thing or, you know, and then you do. You have other friends who are like, you know, I had this weird thing happen to when I was 12 or what, whatever. Yeah. And everybody has a story. Yeah. Straight up. Pretty much. Everybody has a story. They may only have one, but they've got one. Oh, man. Um, one thing I wanted to mention this because it, it's sort of relates, but it is interesting to me too how like for the people who are like orb photographers, how somehow like somebody will capture something different, like a, a, a different type of a manifestation, and then it seems like everyone starts getting it. Uh yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Like the light beam things or something like where I, I forget mm-hmm. it was like one of the first people who posted a photo of the, the where they they don't look like the round orbs. They look like a spotlight. Right. Uh, and then like people. All Except over, it begins and ends. Yes, exactly. Yes. No, no beginning and no end. Yeah. Like I call them the beams. Yeah. From heaven, you know, and then like everybody starts getting them or then or these weird mist things, you know, or there's all these other different categories that people are getting along with the, the orbs that, and, but it's like one person does it first. And then all of a sudden everybody starts to get them. And I think that is so interesting. You know, it's like, we're, I don't know, tapping into something Maybe. else or I don't know, something, yeah. something connected about that. Yeah. Um, I hate to be the one to tell everybody that we've been talking for two hours, but we have. We have. (laughs) And you're looking sleepy, girl. I'm sorry. No, it's all right. I get so tired. And if (laughs) I didn't have to do life, I would happily stay here until five in the morning. Right. Next time I'm in Dallas, I'm going to visit you. You cannot escape. Yeah. That's the best thing about the podcast is we make new friends. That is indeed the best thing. And it has been wonderful to meet you. It's been great to meet you too. I hope we, uh, we all need to go on a collective Bigfoot hunt up in Pennsylvania. And I am not kidding. Yes. There we go. I will jump on Descend a plane. Descend on Chad and Tim. I will jump because on a plane and head right up there. I love going to Pennsylvania anyway, man. So let's. I'm in. If anyone's in, I, I am all in. I will pack my bag tomorrow. Dude, that would be pretty fun, actually. Hell yeah. Yep. Let's just make we it could, happen. Yep. Let's do this. Yeah. All right. Let's wait till winter's Alrighty. over. Because okay. I'm good with that. 
<laughs> Who knows what's going to happen with winter this year? <coughs> we may, this may be all the winter we got. Yeah. Or yep, it does all kinds of horrible things. It, no way to know. <laughs> it's going to be. It's not predictable at all anymore. Next week. Yep. Yep. Supposed to be in the sixties again. Right. We'll see. Then it'll probably go down to the twenties. Probably. Whatever. That's fine. Twenties are fine. It was negative two that was a bit much. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah. I want no. That was a bit much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now you're a southern boy. You do not want any of that. Mm-hmm. Nope. No, nope. I don't. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> it's not All fun. right. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming to, to visit with us again. Thank you so it much. It was good to see you again. It was so good it to meet so you. It was so good to meet you. Absolutely. I look forward <laughs> to uh, to see. Uh, hopefully, y'all will come see me in Dallas. And uh, yeah, spring spring Sasquatch hunt. It's it's on. Spring Sasquatch <laughs> hunting. I'm okay with this. For sure. <laughs> That'd be fun. That would be a lot of all fun. All right. Thanks. Well, that's all for this week's episode of the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. If you have any questions or thoughts about the podcast or would like to come and talk about your experiences of the paranormal, you can contact us at 6djk67 at gmail.com. We promise to even answer you, and we are always happy to hear from you. Thank you. (laughs) 